Now, um, as you know and as you've heard, uh, it's Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, and, uh, and we are celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, really, I'm just going to, I'm hoping, anyway, that I'm going to spend just a few moments uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, and then we're just going to pray. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and refresh us, because that's the promise for today. So we're going to, um, this is promised every day, actually, but that's what we're going to do today. Um, now, I have um, shared a bit of my story before, but I'm just going to start with really my experience um, of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was brought up in a Christian home. And, uh, and so I was brought up going to church. Uh, my parents uh, took me along, did the Sunday school thing and all of that. And, uh, and when I got to maybe, I think I was maybe 10, like between the ages of 10, like 10 and then my teenage years, um, they would take us to um, these festivals called New Wine and Soul Survivor. Anyone heard of that? And uh, and during that time, um, it was really the, um, the time where there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Toronto blessing. Anyone remember? Uh, there was a pouring of the Holy Spirit that just went wild. And, uh, and some of the leaders went to Toronto and came back to New Wine and Soul Survivor. And basically, it just manifested in those places. And so I grew up and sort of, you know, um, age... 12 to 16, um, and it was honestly really normal that when people prayed in these sort of large gatherings, the Holy Spirit would fall, and then crazy things would happen. So I remember um, just... For example, I would be there and someone here would start roaring <laughs> and like screaming out, you know, random things. And then we would see people being prayed for and then they would slap down on the bottom, you know, slap on the floor and just be there for hours. And then people crying and all of this. And, and as a girl, you know, growing up, it all just became really, really normal. You know, I, I just wasn't surprised um, by the manifest power of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, you know, as this season went on, you know, you, it was crazy. You know, there were moments where you're like, this is, you know, wild. Um, but you just, you couldn't deny the fruit. You know, the fruit of um, this season, the fruit of this outpouring, you know, joy and peace and people being transformed, new ministries released, you know, songs emerging, worship leaders, people leaving as missionaries across the world. You know, the fruit of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was magnificent. You just couldn't deny that God was doing something fresh. And so I sort of grew up with that. <laughs> and then... In my sort of late teenage years, um, I actually just began to sort of walk away. You know, you had these sort of experiences in these festivals, and then I came back to my hometown. And, uh, and I just stopped being interested in going to church and going to Sunday school. And, uh, and really, in my teenage years, I just walked away um, from church, really. I wouldn't say I ever walked away from faith in Jesus, but I just didn't feel like church was, you know, something that I wanted to go to anymore. And, uh, and I think as I, as I even look back, and even as I prepare this, I think what I realized was that I had, I saw God as all powerful, like I explained. And then I saw God as just someone who had a bunch of rules for me to, to, for me to follow. And I completely missed 
this relational God that was available. So I just saw power and rules. And I was like, mm, that's kind of fun, but oh, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to go my own way. Um, and so that was, kind of in my, um, that was kind of in my teenage years. And then I went to university. And again, I've shared this story before, but had a tricky time at university. Um, a lot of my, um, I guess, the, the, the truest parts of myself that weren't very pretty, didn't, you know, lots of insecurities, lots of um, things emerging um, that I didn't like and became incredibly insecure during my university years. Not that I wasn't before, but I think I was discovering it was like a mirror to my face during these times. And, uh, and at the end of my university um, days, I basically, it can only be the work of the Spirit, but I began to um, figure out, I kind of wanted to know, like, are my parents just mental? Was that power that I saw just craziness? Or is there something to this? You know, is this faith in Jesus real? Um, and so I began to do a lot, of, a lot of head work. I did a lot of reading. I picked up my Bible, you know, blew the dust off. And, uh, and I began to read the Bible. And, uh, and I read all the books that you can imagine, you know, all the ones that everyone tells you to read, um, that are like the popular, you know, popular books at the time. And read all those, and I was beginning to, um, I was beginning to to think that this was real in my head. It was like I was beginning to feel this sort of um, head knowledge. And uh, and after university, I went. Um, I decided to go travelling. I took a sort of gap year after, uh, which I probably should have done before university. Uh, but I actually went on a gap year after post university, and uh, and I travelled around the world. And I ended up in Australia. And like I said, I was in this moment where I decided in my head, you know, yeah, I can see. Did all the alpha courses. Heard, you know, did a bit of the kind of the study, the apologetics. I was like, yeah, Jesus is real. There's history that he was real. And is he who he says he is. Yes, do you know what? I think he is who he says he is. But the thing is, I didn't see any change in my life. It was like it was here, 100%. I like got it, yes. But I wasn't seeing fruit. You know, I wasn't seeing change in my life. And, uh, and I went to, um, and I randomly, when I was in Australia, I, just, I went to this Soul Survivor conference that was in Australia. And I went there in this posture, and, uh, and there was um, a moment at the end of um, the, this session, and the call was to come forward if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to know that he's real effectively. And, uh, and I found myself at the front um, of this, it was a tent, like a marquee tent, and I found myself here, really, at the front and, uh, and I held my arms out, I held my hands out, um, and I said to God, I said, God, I, I know that you're real, but I need to know in my heart that you are real. And if you show me <laughs> that you are real, you have everything. You can have it all, have the whole of my life, this is sort of the bargain that I was uh, having with God. You know, I needed to know, I needed to know in my knower that he was real. And so I stood here at the front, I had my arms out, and I was begging. And I honestly stood there for about 10 minutes, um, just begging him to make himself known to me. And, uh, and I was saying, Lord, come on, if you're real, if you're real, if you're real. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, as I was um, praying that prayer, I felt um, this 
I mean, the only way to explain it is this um, weight of his presence all over my body. And I had no context for this. You might experience this all the time, but I had no context for this. I hadn't experienced this before in any way and wasn't expecting it. And I was sat there, standing there, and the presence of God just came over me. And, uh, and it was a weight. That's all I can explain. It was a weight. And I knew, and I honestly stand here today, if you're on the fence, if you're on the fence of like, oh, I'm just not sure, I can testify that God is real. <laughs> I really, really can. And I have a conviction in my guts that he is real and he is who he says he is. And it is the best thing ever to give your life to him. It really, truly is. It's not easy, but it has been the most remarkable adventure with him as I have allowed him into more and more aspects of my life. And, you know, that was a really wonderful feeling. It was an empowerment feeling. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But, you know, the key is that I woke up the next day and everything changed. And I'm not joking, really, truly. I woke up the next day filled with his spirit. That's what was happening in that moment. And I woke up the next day and things changed. You know, I, I, I woke up and, and I, I, I was smoking cigarettes, actually, at the time. I just, ugh, the smell of cigarettes was just grim. I couldn't smoke cigarettes. They went. I, um, I had desires that just changed. I just, I just didn't desire the same thing. It was, it was a radical um, new vision, honestly, of me, that I am precious, that I carry dignity, that he's given me a purpose, and I get to do it with him, that he's giving me the, he's giving me the ability, he's giving me the power to live. It was like so exciting, as you can probably tell. So, um, yeah, so anyway, so woke up the next day, everything changed. And, uh, and, uh, and I came back to England, um, again, amazing turn of events. He, he began to speak to me and he was guiding me back. His Holy Spirit was guiding me. I was loving it. It was really exciting. And, uh, and I, I came back to England and, um, and actually people around me used to call me a Holy Spirit junkie <laughs> because... I just, you, know when you've, you know when you tasted something and you just have to let people know about it? Um, and so I had had this radical change and I came back to England. I was telling all my uni friends, you know, telling everyone about Jesus and his Holy Spirit and that he's changed me. And, and I wouldn't totally recommend. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, they, it wasn't always the best way of evangelism because I was learning, you know, I was learning. Um, and I think they actually just didn't really want much to do with me at the time, but I was on fire, you know, I was charged with this news, the good news of Jesus. Um, and then from then on, really, I've just cultivated this relationship with the Holy Spirit that I've, I've just allowed more and more of him into my life. We've cultivated this relationship with him that I didn't know was available uh, before. And I've seen incredible fruit in my life, you know, healing and freedom, um, and then Johnny and I got married. This is supposed to be the introduction, by the way. I'm so sorry. Um, Johnny and I got married. And, um, and when we got married, we went to, we went to America. So we went to, uh, be, we went to basically start up. We didn't really know why we were going, to be honest. We just fancied an adventure in California. That's actually the truth. Um, but we worked in a church out there. 
And they gave us the job of doing, uh, setting up alpha and prayer ministry training. So we did a lot of prayer ministry training um, and stuff like that in America. But what was fascinating to me is when we talk about the spirit, I just had this amazing encounter. And then going to America, I was, I was taken aback in that, um, I guess in that environment, that particular environment of, um, of the understanding of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I actually, we, we encountered a lot of ignorance around the Spirit. You know, people just not even realizing the power of the Spirit that is available um, for people now, you know, for all of us now. You know, there was a lot of ignorance. We encountered apathy. You know, apathy of, I just don't actually care. You know, it's much, much easier for me to just do everything in my own strength. It's much easier. Um, I'm, fine without, I'm fine without all of that sort of fluffy stuff. You know, I can just crack on um, on my own. And one of the key things that we encountered um, was fear. You know, as a, when, when Johnny and I would speak about the Holy Spirit, there was so much fear um, that had, I guess, the, in, in response to the understanding of the Holy Spirit and what he does. And actually, um, even the idea of the Holy Ghost, you know, it's like, Lord, you know, it's not, you could use another word. Um, but even this idea of a ghost and it being this sort of bizarre force outside. And even like um, people's encounters with this sort of love of the, of the power and the manifestation and the absence of understanding the fruit of, uh, of the Spirit and what he does. And, um, and really, we sort of... Um, it was a bit of a, a wake-up call, honestly, to, um, to, I guess, understanding what people think um, around the Spirit and have seen that again and again and again, just as I have lived life. And, uh, and you know, but I'm going to speak on the Holy Spirit. I really will be quick. But, you know, perhaps some of you guys, you know, perhaps some of you in the room are in that place. You know, perhaps it has been. It has become just something that is a choice, you know. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, maybe a little apathetic toward the power of the Spirit in your life. You know, perhaps you're here and you're like, what on earth is she talking about? I have no concept for the Holy Spirit. You know, perhaps you just are ignorant in that sense. It's like, tell me, tell me who this person of the Spirit is. And perhaps some of us are fearful. You know, perhaps we've had really bad experiences um, of people praying or pushing you over or, or speaking a word of prophecy that was just so not Jesus' words. You know, we all carry experiences of, of, of manifestations of the Spirit that can bring about fear. And so perhaps, just want to say that from the off, perhaps you're even sat, sat there this morning and you're feeling, and, uh, and perhaps for most of us, let this be a refresher. You know, let this be a refresher of the, of the beauty and the availability um, of the Holy Spirit that we have um, accessible, available for us today. Okay, so here we are. Uh, that was the introduction. Um, here we are on Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and as I said, you know, we're remembering the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' disciples. Um, and as I said, you know, the Spirit who's available for us today, and I would say essential. I cannot imagine life without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's essential for us today. And, uh, and you know, we read, we read in Acts 1 uh, that we got read to us that, um, that Jesus prepares, you know, he prepares to leave his disciples 
And uh, this is right before his ascension, before he, uh, Jesus has been raised from the dead. This is before he then goes to be with the Father. And he's speaking to his disciples, and he's making it really clear to them um, that they are to expect the coming of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and uh, he says to them in Acts 1 verse 5, he says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he go, and then he leaves, <clears throat> um, and they're like, "Okay, we're just going to wait uh, for the Holy Spirit to come, as Jesus has said to us." And then, as we read in Acts two, verse two, we read then that it happens that Jesus's promise was true, um, and the Holy Spirit comes. It says like a like a violent wind. Um, he comes in power, and he. He falls upon the disciples in that room. Now, the Holy Spirit, you know, he isn't, um, he isn't a new addition, if you like, to the biblical story. It wasn't like no spirit and then it's like, boo, here he is on Pentecost. You know, we learn about the Holy Spirit throughout the scriptures. And, um, and we learn that the Holy Spirit is, um, is God's personal presence. And uh, in Hebrew, in, in, the, in the Old Testament, we, um, we know that the word for breath, I'm going to say it, is ruach. Yes, thanks, Sam. Yes, ruach. Johnny's been teaching me how to say that. I have to <coughs> get the phlegm up. Um, <laughs> So the Hebrew word is ruach, and this means breath. And we hear this word right from the beginning, Genesis, you know, where, where God breathes life into being. That's ruach. That was good. Um, and, uh, and what we know is this word, it's like um, it, it, a way to understand it is it's like an invisible energy. It's an invisible energy. So whilst you're here, just for a minute, take a deep breath. Yeah. And can you not only just feel the air, but you also, there's an energy that comes with it. You feel an energy that comes with it. That's a really good way of understanding it. You can't see it, but it carries energy. And even like the wind, you know, you see the leaves blowing. You can't see the wind, but the wind blows. And this word ruach is the same word for spirit. This is the same word for spirit. You know, the spirit sustains all of life. God has breathed life into being. And then we see in the Old Testament that, um, that the Spirit, it enables um, people in the Old Testament to be empowered for specific tasks at specific times. And we see multiple occasions of God uh, pouring his Spirit, enabling a particular person for a particular purpose um, at a particular time. And then as we carry on within uh, the Old Testament, you see then that the prophets, the Old Testament prophets, they then, um, they then prophesy that not only um, this spirit that will come upon, that breathes life, this spirit would come and be available for all people that would then truly transform the human heart. And this is the same spirit. And then we jump to Acts 2, the beginning of Pentecost. The Pentecost is the beginning of the Spirit falling on individual people, coming inside people to transform them from the inside 
out. And this Pentecost, the Spirit of God that came upon the disciples is the same Spirit that is available for us right now. And so today I'm just going to simply explain a few things um, of who the Spirit is, but also a few things of what He does, and then we're just going to pray, like I said. And the reason that I'm going to be really brief now is we're going to actually do a whole, um, we're going to do a whole series on the Spirit, (laughs) yes. Uh, So we're going to unpack what He does, we're going to unpack the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to go on this journey together. In fact, Johnny next week is going to be talking about the Spirit of witness, what it means to be filled with the Spirit to go and witness about Jesus. Okay, so if you have your Bible, um, if you turn to John 14, um, in John 14, uh, or your phones, okay, so in... um, in John 14, verse 12 to 18, um, it says, I will give, Jesus says, I will give you another advocate. Jesus says, I will give you another advocate, and it will be with you forever. Now, the word another here, it either, um, either it's another, um, the word meaning other, um, meaning another of a different kind, which is heteros, or the same kind, which is alos. And this another that we're reading about now, when we think, when we're talking about the spirit, this another is the same kind. And so what we learn about the spirit here in John is that the spirit that we're talking about today is Christ. So this is the spirit of Christ that we're talking, this is Pentecost spirit of Christ. It's the same kind, it's who he is. And so we, when we learn about Jesus and we learn about who he is, we know it's the spirit. We know it's the spirit because it sounds and it smells and it tastes and it's the character of Jesus. And we know this to be true. And you can go and do your research. You know, um, it, the scriptures talk about Jesus as the spirit of Christ and Je- a spirit of Jesus in Acts 16, Philippians 1, Romans 8, and 1 Peter 1. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit um, is available. <laughs> this, the Spirit of Jesus is here now. And reading on, he says, I will give you another advocate. And the Greek word for advocate is paraclete. And this word simply means someone who comes alongside to assist us. And so not only are we, not only is the spirit, the spirit of Jesus, but it's the spirit of Jesus that comes alongside. So that's who we're talking about today. You know, someone who comes alongside us to assist us, to be with us all the time. This is the spirit of Jesus who is in our midst, who is in every single part of our day. And why then? For what? Why? I'm just going to say three things. Firstly, to experience the Father's love. To experience the Father's love. We are filled with the Spirit, the advocate, the one who comes alongside, the Spirit of Jesus, to experience the Father's love. And I think this is key. Verse 18 
Uh, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And in my favorite um, verse, Romans 8, 16, he says, when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So when we are filled, when we ask the spirit to come and to fill us, we, it, it, it testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. It's how we understand our true identity. We can't understand our true identity without being filled with the spirit. We don't know that we're children if we're not filled with the spirit. You know, you are a child of God and God is desperate to reveal that to you if you just allow the Spirit to come and testify, to show you, to enable you to know that you are his child, that he loves, and that he is a good father. And you know, there is so much freedom in that place. You know, finding identity, that being your sole identity, not finding identity in everything else, not comparing yourself with others, to know in your inner being, your true identity is the most freeing thing. And it's a life journey, isn't it? We're continually being filled with the Spirit. And you know, it's this love, as we allow the Spirit of God in us to transform us, it's this love that actually compels us forward. You know, when we know, as I have increasingly known, I've got, I've got a long way ahead, but as I have known and I continue to know that I am loved, that I am cherished, that the Father sees me, that he knows me, that he knows me better than I know myself, I can't help but fall more in love with him as a response. You know, when he's shown me his love, it's like, <gasps> you just want to love back, don't you? And it's this love that makes us bold for the kingdom. You know, it's this love as we receive it that makes us do crazy things for the kingdom of God. You know, love is the response. You know, we can be wild people when we know that we're loved. And the spirit then, it enables intimacy with God. You know, when it testifies with our spirit that we are children, that naturally brings an intimacy, doesn't it, with God? That we, are, that we can know him, not just know about him, but know him. I'm just going to read, um, there was this incredible uh, evangelist called Charles Finney. Anyone heard of Charles Finney? He was a, a great evangelist in the 19th century. And, um, and he grasped this. I'm just going to read this um, to you. Billy Graham writes, Few men have had such a profound impact on their generation as Charles Grandison Finney. Through his spirit-filled evangelistic ministry, encountered thousands came to know Christ, resulting in one of the greatest periods of revival in the history of America. This is Finney's account of the time when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit in 1821. He says this, But as I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, 
I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without my recollection that I had ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Ghost descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. No words can express the wonderful love that was shared abroad my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know what I should say. I literally bellowed out gushings of my heart. The waves came over me and over me, one after the other, until I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. Lord, I cannot bear it anymore, yet I had no fear of death. How long I continued in this state, with this baptism continuing to roll over me and go through me, I do not know. But I know it was late in the evening when a member of my choir, for I was the leader of a choir, came into the office to see me in this state of loud weeping and said to me, Mr. Finney, what ails you? <laughs> I could make him no answer. He then said, are you in pain? I gathered myself as best as I could and replied, no. I'm so happy I cannot live. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> and he went on to be an unbelievable evangelist, empowered by the love of Christ. And that is available for us. Okay, so firstly, enables us to know the love of the Father. Secondly, <clears throat> the Spirit enables us to become like Jesus. You know, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 um, says, he says, now the Lord is the Spirit, there you go, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled, unveiled faces sees the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Okay, so we're transformed. It's 12 o'clock. I'm going to just stop, actually. Um, so we, the secondly, transforms, that God transforms us from the inside out. When we allow the Spirit in us, we become more like Christ. We become more the people um, that he has enabled us, created us to be. Okay, thirdly, I've got loads on there, but I'm not going to. And then three, enables us <clears throat> to live the Christian life. You know, it gives us the gifts and the, and the ability to live this life. And we're going to go into those in loads more detail. You know, ultimately, we don't have to live in our own strength. That's basically what I, what I want to say. We don't have to live in our own strength anymore. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that allows us to move as we let go and trust him. He gives us the ability, gives us the wisdom. He gives us what we need in every single aspect of, your, of our lives. You just ask him, just ask him in and then ask him to be available for you and ask him to direct you in every part of your life. Okay, so to wrap up, you know, this isn't for special people. It's available for all of us. And, and you know, we want to see a church on fire, don't we? We want to we see a church 
on fire that ultimately the people outside know that something different is happening here. And the only possible way of of the church to be on fire and for people to know that there's a difference going on here is the Spirit of God. And our responsibility, simply, simply, our responsibility is to say, come in. Come in. Come transform me. Have your way. Show me if you're real. (laughs) And uh, so why don't you stand? Um, When I was praying, um, when I was simply in the... Neil, would you you come up if you're around? Um, When I was praying for this morning... Um, I actually was saying, Lord, what do you, what do you want to share? Um, clearly a lot less of what I wrote down. <laughs> um, but I said, um, I was like, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I saw this picture of a hammock. And, uh, and it was a hammock that was um, attached to the ceiling, a low ceiling. And I saw this person um, lying in the hammock, but sort of hovering over the hammock, but still grasping on to the ceiling. And I felt like the Lord was saying, the gift of the hammock is the gift of my spirit. And all you have to do is let go and allow yourself to fall in to his presence, to fall in to this beautiful gift that he has given us by his spirit. So perhaps some of us are here today, you know, you're like, I know I've got to let go. Just let go. See, let's see what he wants to do and how he wants to move in our lives. So I'm going to pray simply. I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. So why don't you, um, as I did back in Australia, just maybe put your hands out in front of you. Again, there's no magic in this, but it's a posture of our bodies to say, all right, Lord, I'm I'm, I'm making my body available to you. And simply say, come Holy Spirit. If you want a fresh encounter of his spirit right now, just simply ask. You know, there's no textbook for how God moves. Sometimes it's just stillness. It's peace. And sometimes it's fire. So come Holy Spirit.